What up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, episode number nine zero. We're getting close to that century. You know, we're getting close to that one hundred, and I'm really excited about it. Um, today, we had on uh, a friend of mine, an amazing person, Ari Hendricks. She just grabbed her OTQ at CIM. Um, 10 days ago at this point when this, uh, this episode airs, she grabbed her OTQ in amazing fashion running at 235. Um, I'm super thrilled to know her, to have run with her and to watch her overcome so many things just within the last couple of years to get to this point. But then in life in general, she's just a true fighter and it shows the way that she runs these races and the way that she goes after it. Um, I too had suffered an injury in 2020 and I know what it's like to be out for a couple months or a few months. Um, but Ari's 2021 was like basically, you know, on the sideline kind of watching other people run and other people go after their goals. So she talked about those times though, too, which was, uh, very important that we that we share you know the downtimes and it's not just like this instagram or social media culture where we share everything that's going well she had the opportunity and vulnerableness to share um some dark moments that she's had that she had uh while you know sitting out and not you know being able to run and really attach to who she is as a person um so please make sure you tune into that part i think it's so important that we share the more we share the more other people around us uh, feel heard and seen and the biggest thing uh, which we talked about in this episode is so many of us think that we're just alone um, and we're the only ones that are going through this and it's all about you know woe is me but then once you realize that other people are also going through very similar if not the same exact issues as you um, it gives that thing less power so thank you so much Ari for sharing we talked about a lot of great things too we talked about training we talked about mindset during a race Uh, we we ran through, um, all pun intended, we ran through the day uh, that she, that she, when she qualified in Sacramento. Um, so with no further ado, thank you so much, Ari, for being on the show. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, obviously. Make sure you like this episode or do all the things that would be great to do. Give me a five. Give me some words of, of wisdom and the reason why you like the show in the review. That'd be great. Uh, please enjoy this episode. With no further ado, Ari Hendricks. Ari, 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 how are you? I'm good. Doing good. Feeling good. good. <laughs> Excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so yeah, you've been on the show before. Um, you were we were just talking about that. You were on. Uh, you were episode number fourteen. So whoever's listening, watching, definitely go check this out. Um, we're gonna refer to it quite a bit because you know a lot has happened in the last like two and a half years. Um, no, no. Wow. So I think you know what. You were on the show on December 9th. That's wild. 2000, 2020. Today is December 11th, not to like date the thing because it should be like an evergreen show. So it's like um, our anniversary, kind of what you're saying. It's almost like our anniversary. We were supposed to have, <laughs> we, we should have done this like on the day. Yeah. What day would have been? What day would, anyway, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Like two, almost two, exactly two years later um you're still awesome you're still great and <laughs> awesome things have happened um but let's just like jump into it because um just to re- just to and reintroduce everyone to you um if you could just tell me like who you are what's your thing what's your what's your thing right now what do you what do you what do you got going on right now um and 
favorite kind of food let's do this like it's like a uh like a panel discussion in front of a crowd okay yeah so tell me what you are tell me tell me your name and then tell me the distance you run <laughs> and then tell me your favorite food let's do this make it real awkward for the listeners okay cool yeah um ahead. yeah i'm at ari hendrix uh i run the marathon that's my distance right now i'm really i know you're vegan right so, yeah i mean don't don't yeah. try to cater okay. to me I'm okay. no. um, so I'm really into burgers and also Reese's cups. I eat okay. one pack literally for like a month. I've eaten one package a day. One package a day. So, so we're talking about just two. Okay. Because yeah. like not like you know not like, like, like yeah 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 yeah. Because <laughs> I would. I mean, I guess so. So now I just like what I'll do because since I am vegan, what I'll do. As I get closer to my marathon, I'll mm-hmm. find I'll go to like Trader Joe's or whatever, and then I'm gonna find, you know, the sunflower uh, the sunflower chocolate yes. cup. Yes. Or the vegan. Um, exactly. Yeah. Chocolate. I'm pretty um, sure that's like what you know. It's a big. Would that would you would you say that that was like one of your bigger keys to success? <laughs> one of my biggest changes that led to the success that has happened so far. <laughs> that's good to know. So we can probably just end this podcast right now if we don't. I mean, who else? What do we? What else do people need to know? Um, Reese's cups, yeah, burgers, burgers, Reese's cups. There's vegan burgers and vegan, ve, ve, vegan burgers and vegan Reese's. So ve, vegan Reese's is hard to say quickly. I just realized that now. Yeah. Try it. Vegan. See? Vegan Reese's. It gets, it gets weird in there. Um, yeah. So back, let's just go, like, hold on. I don't want to lose everybody here. Um, So back in 2020, um, you were, we we were, so we talked quite a bit about like your running journey. uh, You grew up playing basketball. Um, If you could just kind of like retouch on what made you start the running thing, what made you start saying, hey, I'll run a marathon. Because Mm -hmm. I think that um, the reason why you you started was really cool um, and, it ties into, I'm sure, a lot of what you do now. Yeah. Um, I played basketball in high school and college. But growing up, my dad was always convinced I was going to be a runner. At the time, he thought it was going to be like a track, like I was going to be some like track star. Um, so we'd go out in front of our house and like he'd time me running to the stop sign. Um, and he committed suicide my senior year of college. Um, so he never got to see me play in any of my college games or anything like that. And after I tried out for the professional overseas leagues, um, I didn't make any of the teams. And so I think a lot of like athletes, when they leave college, kind of like it's hard to find something to do if it's not your sport or like sort of like channeling that. Um, so as like an honor to him, I decided I was going to run a marathon. Um, and I went like from not running to running a marathon. <laughs> um and yeah, it sort of just like stuck, but that's why I started running was because of him and why I continue to run today. And he's often in my thoughts when I'm racing or doing workouts and things like that. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's dope. I'm, I'm sure he'd be so proud to like, see, you know, that you jumped into it and that you stuck with it. And um, we'll talk about some of the things that like you've gone through in the last couple of years to be sitting here and um, have achieved with you, what you just recently accomplished. Um, but so after, so after 2020, like you were, you were looking you were aiming to run in glass city, Toledo 2021 to go after like a really fast time. Like, I think you were looking at like 236, 237, 
uh, was your goal, like in Toledo for 2021. Um, so what, ha what happened since after we talked last time at the end of 2020 to like in the beginning of 2021? Um, so I got injured. So I, I guess prior to us talking, I had a stress fracture in my tibia. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after we spoke, I got a stress fracture on the right side, like my sacrum, a sacral stress fracture mm -hmm. in December of 2020. So it was like literally probably like two weeks after we talked. Yeah. Um, and so that then started a string of injuries. Um, so I took, I want to say like eight weeks off of running for that. So any like spring marathon plan that I had was gone. Um, and then I would start, I'd come back and start running. And then in June of 2021, I got a sacral stress fracture on my right side. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had signed up for fall Boston. Yeah. Um, that was like my plan in the fall and that didn't happen. Um, and so the only race that I would run in, in 2021, I think was just Indy half in November. Yeah. And so then I, did, I think, <laughs> so basically, I mean, so basically you were pretty much out like for the, for most of 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I had an issue when well, I think when we talked last, I had just got over a stress fracture in my like tibia or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, that had me out for like three, four months really. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I guess, um, I, I just want to know, like, what was that process like, you know, and I know it was frustrating and like going from like a, kind of one thing to the next, but like, how did you kind of work through that? And that was a long period of time where you kind of had to put all like your goals and things on hold. And mm -hmm. what was that time like for you? Um, so initially when I first got my stress fracture in my tibia, that was the most significant injury I've ever dealt with, even as like in my athletic career, like not just running. Um, and I had just moved to Michigan. Uh, it was during COVID. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity to like go out and do anything. And the thing that I moved, like I moved a big part of it, reason I moved here was running and that's been taken away. So in my own, like, I mean, I'm like honesty with myself. I did not handle the initial injury very well. Um, I went through a really dark period, um, deep depression. Um, if I'm being completely honest, like suicidal thoughts and, and things like that. Like I just went into like a, an extremely dark place. Um, and I'm thankful that I have a family and friends that um, look out for me and um, got me the help that I needed during that time so I could sort of channel it and um, deal with it. So I definitely got like a therapist um, and things like that. Um, so that helped like bring me out of that first injury. And then leading into like my first, the sacral stress fractures, I really, I, at that point I could go to the gym and do other things. So I was biking and swimming um, my job had come back. So I also had work and things outside of running that I could do and like put my focus towards and then just sort of learn to rebuild, to build. Um, and that it's not, it won't happen overnight. It could take weeks. It could take months. Um, and it's just like a process that I learned as in each injury happened, how to deal and manage it better. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that, I mean, number one, I thank God for, you know, your family and friends that like, that I, uh, until like something like that happens um, and until we got have to sit down or uh, like the pandemic or something like that, we don't really kind of realize like how much we all need people around us and how, uh, how much like community 
um, even if it's a small close knit like family, how much like that stuff can help uh, help runners and how much we actually as runners really lean on our like support systems. Um, so like what when I, I know yours is like slightly I mean, there's people that deal with injuries all the time um, and go through the same thoughts and like lose like sense of self and like, who, you know, what was all this for if I can't do this thing? And especially if you have like something that's like going to hold you up for a while and then you come back and something else happens, mm-hmm. like what would be like your advice for folks that like have those, have that happen? They're doing, you know, going through it right now, whether they are going through an injury and having those feelings or just having those feelings in general um, mm-hmm. because of, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So my biggest piece of advice is to ask for help. Um, because I didn't until it was like almost too late. Um, and so that's my biggest piece of advice for like dealing with like any like mental depression, anxiety, things like that. And like injury, like injuries too. like ask a friend if they want to go out and do something, um, or channel it like with swimming and cycling. Like there's other things that we can do as runners to help take that sort of like place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of like finding those, even though we don't, as runners probably don't like it, you know, nearly as much as running, but, um, just like finding like another, like if you want to do a puzzle or going out or like exploring something that you wouldn't normally explore going on a hike or depending on the injury. Um, yeah. but yeah, just like asking for help and finding other things and to do that. will, and they can always benefit your running too. Like cycling and swimming is always beneficial for coming back. Yeah, I think I think the 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 reach, uh, reaching out for it, like finding help and and um, you know allowing people to help is is a big deal and um, you know because it's like looking back it's like looking back at a, at an issue it's like easy to kind of say like hey you know um, just ask you know but it's just mm-hmm. I know it's gonna be really can be really daunting and it actually can you know sometimes it can make it worse to feel like you have to ask someone for help oh, and sure. burden to burden someone else with that you know with that. Um, like for me, when, um, when I made the the choice to get sober, it was, I mean, it was, it was ask for help, you know, but at the same time, it was more really, um, tell the truth, you mm-hmm. know, like tell your truth and yeah. share it with, with someone safe, whether that is like a therapist or mm-hmm. a family member that, you know, will hear you. Um, but in that asking for help, it's like you have to tell the truth, too, about like what's really going on um, mm-hmm. if you can vocalize it. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's huge. And I, I really appreciate you you know, sharing that that side of it, because I was actually on a run today when talking about you, of course. And <laughs> then um, it was like my thing was like I was just so ha- I'm happy for where you are in your journey and from the outside looking in, it was just like, yeah, I know she dealt with a lot of stuff in 2021 with injuries and like just a kind of Passover because injuries is enough to like to to come back from. Um, mm-hmm. But to hear like a deeper layer on that, is, it was just is really helpful for me and I'm sure whoever's listening. Yeah, it's definitely something that mm, I don't probably most people don't know about me because um, generally like only my family and Sydney and like close friends know. So I'm trying to be more comfortable talking about it because I think it will benefit people. And um, it's something that's like really like deep and important to me because my, my dad committed suicide and he dealt with depression and things like that. And so there's obviously a history of it in my family. So I'm very passionate about it and sort of like helping people and trying to be more comfortable being open. Yeah, no, I think that that's huge. You have probably no idea 
like how how many people sharing just a part of that story can help others because we always feel like we're alone in everything mm -hmm. you know like we no one's no one's going through what i'm going through or no one would understand um, right and then the more people that share whatever they're going through um whether it's sobriety struggles or recovery or or depression or suicidal thoughts all that you know it's just um it just helps. So thank you so much for, for, yeah. for being able to share that. <laughs> of course. Um, and then, so, and then as you, as you're going through like this, this, this in the injury part portion of this, like, so you're sitting out, um, you're, you're getting the help that you need, um, like on, on a, on a, on a mental level, but like, what were you doing? Like, and were you, were you able to do some like training or like some, some cross training? Like, what were you getting out in there? Cause I know you mentioned get outside and go for walks, stuff like that, but what were you mm -hmm. able to do? Um, so I did a lot of like swimming and biking. Um, I biked like along Sydney when she would go on runs and things like that. Um, and then swim at the gym were like the, the two main things that I would do. Um, and it ebbed and flowed, right? Like there were certainly weeks that I was like, I don't, I'm not interested. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, and then, but for the most part, I like kept somewhat of a routine. Um, and sometimes I didn't, and I just had to let it heal. Yeah. Um, depending on sometimes like on the bike, for example, with a sacral stress fracture, you can't always ride the bike. Mm -hmm. Um, so hitting the pool and things like that, but those were the two main things that I did during that time. Yeah. yeah Cause I mean, I, especially like that, like, it's pretty tough. Like, I mean, if you have an ankle issue, it's a little different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but like something in that, in that, like the sacral fracture, like that's, that can be pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure it's probably pretty debilitating when it was like pretty, was pretty bad and flared up. Yeah, I mean, it was, and I've always had like low back issues, I think, which could have stemmed at, for me as like a basketball player. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and it happened on a run uh, the, like two days after Christmas in 2020. Mm -hmm. And I got home from that run and like dropped to the ground mm -hmm. in so much pain. And I had to fly to California because at the time my parents had my dog and I didn't know if I'd be able to walk through the airport. And that, that was like wild to me. Cause it was just like, snap my fingers and like, it, it was done. Yeah. Um, like the pain was just like crazy. Yeah. It was, I never felt something more painful than like that. But the yeah. other side, when I got the, the next one, it wasn't the same. So no two, even though they're the same injury, them happening was not the same. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, so now that like, we're like, when were you like officially like clear of the the last issue and able to like start putting miles up again and start training like when was that um so probably august september of last year um <laughs> was when i was like finally able to start running um and then i ran indie in november mm -hmm. and then i have uh knock on wood i've been injury free since since then yeah. <laughs> so like what like what what's i mean i know for for me it was like um after i had my uh my stress fracture and got back to it like i kind of i took more i was more diligent to do the things that they always say that runners should do and the workouts and the stretching and the foam rolling and all that stuff mm -hmm. um what was like the entry back into running for you was it like you were like going hard on those things did you, what what did you what do you attribute this stretch of you know uh, of good health too. I think it's a lot of things. I think we figured out what works best for me in my training, like mileage wise, workout wise. Um, and I've definitely had to become honest with myself about what's like the smartest thing for me to do on any given day. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like in the spring, it was a lot of like me, if I, I would change workouts. Um, I, I would take rest days, uh, if I felt like I needed it. Whereas before I wasn't doing that. Mm. Um, we brought my mileage down a little bit. I would say during COVID in the pandemic, I was running 115 miles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just like too much for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, I mean, I do, I, tr- I probably don't do it still as often as I should, but I foam roll and, um, we, I do strength, um, and like mini band stuff before I run. So trying to like activate those muscles and keep things loose. Um, uh, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is tr- my training has changed and we've found sort of what works for me and is like healthy yeah. for me. and i think and it's like because i think uh, like i think we talked about in the first uh the last time you were on the show is like how many miles you were running and, to, and the funny part was like to me like that was like two years ago so like <laughs> you said like 115 i think at that time in my like journey i was like maybe at 50s you know or <laughs> something or 60 uh probably not even 60 then but like when you said it, I was just like, holy crap, like there's like the professionals <laughs> are doing that. That's just professionals that do that, you know? Um, but then, you know, like, and then, but then there's like, there's, there's something to be, to, I mean, you get, you had a lot of gains there. You learned a lot of, learned a lot during that time. Um, and I, I just, I commend you for like going after it and trying it because you, you don't know what, what worked for you or not, because there's some yeah. people, you know, that run more than that. And, mm-hmm it works for them and it's, they're just going, going strong forever. Or some people just benefit from a lower, a slightly lower, um, like peak mileage and just mm-hmm. really hard workouts and stuff like that. So I'm glad that it seems like you found like your balance. And I guess that kind of speaks to a lot of the people out there, um, who are looking for a plan or a structure, um, mm-hmm. to just try things, maybe not try 115. Um, but like try and see what works and take notes and learn Mm -hmm. yeah definitely I mean it's an ever-changing growing process and you know I've been running for 10 years and just found what works best for me all right so 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 now so you've so you've been (laughs) I was just gonna say something that was like make it sound like Sydney was like the worst coach ever (laughs) so now so yeah so yeah i don't want to get beat up by sydney at all like you know i mean not honestly like you 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 figure out things and you know it if because the good the cool thing was like at the time like it was working and you were like Mm -hmm. stuff was happening you don't know when that the straw you know the straw that birthed camels back when when that was or not but Mm -hmm. like now that you that you all worked through that part of the of your process and kind of figured out what is working for you Mm -hmm. you're a coach now and yes. um, I'd love to touch on like how that journey is working. So how have you, what do you take from your own experiences um, to, to then translate that to try to help others find what works for them? I, I mean, a big thing with me as a coach and with my athletes is like listening to what their bodies are telling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm constantly like, text me when you're done with your workout. Let me know how it went, how you're feeling. Um and it's just a lot of like open communication and how they're feeling um, and what their goals are and how we should get there. Uh, that's the biggest thing that I, I take with coaching. Cause I, I, you know, I can talk to Sydney every day and, and now, now that I live here and um, so she knows and she can, and she sees me run every day. So mm-hmm. it's nice for her to be able to see that and actually see how things are going and feeling. And so I ask for that kind of communication from my athletes since most of them don't live here. Yeah. And then, so like, what do you, um, do you, do you 
on the strength training side, like, do you also try to help them like understand that they're, you know, that they need to work on certain things to help or the band work or what, what other things do you suggest that, that runners uh, that are, you know, they're working with you do to help them stay out there and stay healthy? Yeah. I mean, I definitely love um, that most of them do strength training. Um, I don't, I can prescribe it. Um, I don't too much, but um, definitely like open to prescribing like strength routines and workouts. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of foam rolling I tell them to do and like mini band stuff. And, and if they are feeling something like let's mm -hmm. figure it out, let's talk about it. So we don't, don't push any envelopes, um, that don't need to be pushed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, um, I love that feedback. Cause like, you know, I, I, I have a coach and I've had one for a while now it's in, um, as you've grow with a coach too like because that's another thing too like that i feel like a lot of people um maybe could benefit from like if you sign up with a coach um unless like the first like everything they say to you is just like this is not gonna work for me mm -hmm. give it like some you gotta give it some time you yeah. know like you gotta kind of sign on for some you know, one training block may not be like right. the way to judge a coach because mm -hmm. You know, in the beginning, unless you're a professional or very, very uh, familiar with all this stuff, um, the coach is going to try their best to, like, have you grow over time mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, just big PR in one race. Mm -hmm. um, so you got to give them time to learn you. You learn them and you guys yeah. kind of grow together. Oh, for sure. I, one of the things like what I do with my athletes um, and Sydney does also is we do like weekly phone calls um, so that I can like get them on the phone. Cause it, a lot, and I tell this to them, like can be lost in text. Cause for mm -hmm. one, you don't know me. I don't really know you. Tone can be a little bit different in text. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I've been, I've been messaging you. Your tone is really crappy. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. She's like, no, it's not. Like, I've reread all of my text messages before I send them. They're not crappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So then we can grow to, and learn each other and like we can talk and, yeah. Um, like have a conversation. And so that helps with like the growth, especially initially when you don't know someone. Right. Um, and then, so like, as, so what's, what's one thing that, cause you're, you've been, how long have you been coaching now? Uh, like six months. I guess. Okay. So like, what's, what's one thing that you've kind of learned about like your training through helping other people so far? Learned about my training. Um, that like what I do doesn't work for everybody. Um, and like, and, and not just like, you know, mileage and things like that, but like how I approach my training, um, and how much I train, I, I think, and I've heard this a few times is that people are like a little bit nervous that if I'm their coach, like that they're going to have to, to work out at some, like, like at a different level. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not coaching myself when I coach you, I coach you where you are and like what works for you. Yeah. Um, and so that's, and that's been fun, um, yeah. working with different levels of athletes. And um, you said you kind of segued me into this next part about like about your training and about like how you train. Um, mm -hmm. I've had the, uh, the the chance to run with you guys um, and fun. You guys talk and stuff like that. But I mean, it, it it's not like you have the robots out there, but <laughs> you can feel like there's like this like intense, slightly intense, but then also like very intentional like thing happening. And like, how would you describe like your method of training, whether it's mental, physical, all that, you know, like, how do you describe your thing, your thing, the way you do it? Um, I mean, so Cindy writes my plans. So I, I and we have like a, a talk, like, obviously we talk about 
what I do during the week and like what we think is best and things like that. Um, I can be a really like in my head kind of runner, which at times can hurt me. Um, I do get extremely nervous for, for workouts and for races. Um, and previous to this block, I think this block is probably like the best I've been mentally in terms of like handling my own anxieties and things about workouts and races. Um, I would just like, especially during Bayshore, I would just not, it was so grip like gripping, um, that I wouldn't do stuff. Mm. Uh, like there were workouts that like, and some big ones that I just didn't do. Um, because it was so crippling the anxiety and like the pressure that I was like putting on myself. Um, but yeah, this cycle mentally, I was, um, more checked in, I guess you could say. Um, and I just didn't let those things like, sure. I still was nervous and I still had anxiety, but I didn't let it stop me this time from doing my workouts and things that I needed and wanted to do. Um, and I think it's because I've been trying to OTQ for so long that I sort yeah. of knew, like, you know, I only have, there was, you know, there's a year left to hit yeah, this. You got to go for it. Yeah. Um, so mentally I was more, I was more prepared and just like in a better place to handle the capacity, I guess. What, um, I guess I like workouts for me. Like, I feel like I'm getting better at doing workouts or like not getting too crazy about, you know, in my head about them. Sometimes that helps. Like you get like kind of amped up for it, like to a certain level. But once you get too far, it's like you've you've burned more energy just like getting to the to the track or to the yes. road or whatever. Yes. Um. How? What did? What do you? What did you change? Like, how did you go from like this crippling anxiety to workouts? Because I know so many people like have this. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's like a huge workout or it's just like a really big long run with some like substance in it or something like that, where it's almost like you sometimes we get it done mm-hmm. but it's like if i could just not have to deal with all this anxiety before the run i think i'd have more fun with my running too mm-hmm. how'd you get over that through that so a lot of this cycle i did a lot of like visualizing mm-hmm. and so like for those workouts i would put myself obviously cim was the goal i would put myself at cim mm. to like do those workouts so and it helped like me, there was like a mental picture that I was creating. Um, and it's not just me running at Stony uh, in circles. Well, Stony uh, sucks though, just to be clear. But so it, and it does. Yeah, it's not, yeah. not, not fun. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah. So just to be clear, whoever is not from Michigan or from Michigan, you haven't run at Stony Creek Park. Um, <laughs> it sucks. Like it's, it's a circle and it's, it's a big circle. What is it like? Uh, five point something miles? Six. Six. Like six exactly. Mm-hmm. Six exactly. And it's probably 300, mm-hmm. 400 elevation, probably one one lap. Yeah. And it's just terrible. And if it's windy and cold, it's even worse. Oh, I don't horrible. know what the heck. I, I, there's so many trees. You just don't think it would be that windy out there, but it's a terrible place to run. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, maybe change, the best. <laughs> maybe change where you run. And I'm sure you, if you ran in Royal Oak, I'm guarantee your your anxiety would be a little lower. As well. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> probably not though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, so it's like I like that visualization visualization part of it too, because not like because I would be like visualizing the run, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and that probably makes it even worse, like because mm-hmm. you're thinking about this one sing single run. Because I'm very much so like 
you know, be where you are. But then sometimes like I, I've, when I was getting ready for Boston, I think as the more I, the more tired I got in the training, the is the more I like had to rely on like, why am I out here? You know, mm-hmm. like, so then I started thinking about Boston and I started thinking about, you know, those, you know, those, what it was going to be like there. And it kind of helped me kind of, it gave me a reason to kind of pull, yeah. you know, for, and pro tip, if you can find like a, a um, speed, like a time-lapse video mm-hmm. of the course you're going to run or something, or like a yeah. video of the course you're going to run where they drive yeah. it, that is so cool because like, if you end up on a treadmill and if you, unless you get motion sickness, you can just like put your like phone or your laptop or your, tablet or whatever on the thing and then like watch it watch the road wine i did that a bunch for boston which was really oh cool. that's awesome yeah yeah but i don't have one of those fancy peloton th- or <laughs> treadmills that like have the chorus and all that stuff if you have that do that yeah for sure <laughs> that's a good visualization tool um so like i actually heard um i had a molly huddle was like a couple episodes ago um and she one of her things was she that she 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 when she's training she pictures the race and when she's racing she thinks about training oh wow like all the hard like all the work that she's put in yeah like so yeah like so in training you pull you push to this i'm tra- I'm training for this race and mm-hmm. you it helps you kind of like it guides you and it kind of like motivates you while you're out there uh but then when you when all the cards are on the you know on the table it's like here we're on race day um sometimes that can be that can be too much because it's like you putting so much on it and you depending on like doing well right now that you can kind of focus back on, Hey, I did a lot of work for this. Yeah. So like, do you, do you do a lot of recall of like, Hey, these look at, remember those workouts you put in? Yeah. I mean, during, um, I would say like, yeah, Detroit indie and TIM, mm-hmm. I certainly was like, I certainly thought of like workouts, like where this should feel easy. Like you sh- it should feel comfortable. Like yeah. you've done so much at pace work at this, like, you should have no problem with it. Um, and that was like a big thing with CIM was that my, I'd done so much work at 555 that that should be pretty like comfortable, not comfortable, right? It's a marathon, but it's sh- like, I, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to run 235 with all the work that I had put in and how the block had gone, unless something like, you know, you never know, unless something happens. Yeah. Um, so I certainly think about all of the workouts and I started like a, an Excel sheet where I put in every workout that I'd done in the cycle. Mm-hmm. So I could see how much work I'd done oh, wow. in, yeah. like at this pace. And so I can visually see the, like, I don't know, 20 workouts that yeah. I'd done, um, and like all the long runs. Um, so it's like right there for me to see and like refer to and like helps with the nerves. <laughs> That's really cool because I stole it from Sydney, so I can't really get credit for it. <laughs> well, she's not on the she's not on the show right now. So you can say whatever you want. Um, we don't do any fact checking on the running sleep. So. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's really cool because, like, you we always we can we can we know that we've done these paces before. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like oh, I've done this before, but like having it on on paper or like yeah. on you know on the on the screen this many times this many miles like you've done this much work at this pace or faster right i think that that's a really cool like confidence booster that Mm -hmm. mentally you may not like it may not be so clear you know so Mm -hmm. that's that's a really great tool that you created there ari (laughs) came up with all on my own 
I mean, it seems like you don't even need a coach, you know. <laughs> At this point, you know, you're doing all this stuff, great stuff and coming up with these Excel spreadsheets by yourself. Um, <laughs> she's going she's gonna to kill me. Um, <laughs> so you, so after 2021, I mean, you had a uh, rough year, you know, pretty rough year. Uh, came back in Indy, ran well. Um, and 2022, though, has been like just a busy year. You've run a lot of races. Uh-huh. <laughs> how many times have you run this year? How many times have you crossed the finish line this year? Oh man. Um, I'm not entirely like sure, but I do know that I've crossed the marathon finish line three times, three times, three marathons and three in, in one year. That's a lot. I, I mean, that's a lot of marathons to run in a year. Yeah. You know? uh, I mean, I don't know how many of you run this year. Well, I mean, if we add up our times together, you, you <laughs> finished, you finished like a 10 K ahead of me. <laughs> So we're not going to, we're not even going to go there. Uh, <laughs> but it seemed like every race, because we live in the same area. So it seemed like every race that I thought that I, you know, that I went to, you were there. And it was incredible to see. And I didn't know, like, I don't know if I knew your whole plan for the year. So like, I didn't know like where this was going, but I'm right. like, she's running a lot and she keeps getting a little faster and I have no idea what's going on. Um, and then I finally, you're like, yeah, CIM is what I'm going for. I'm like, oh, okay. Because... <laughs> Cause like, talk to me about your times this year. Cause there's, I want to like let's do a little quick pause and pay some respect to the list, mm-hmm. right? So there's a list. Um, if if you're listening to this this show and you're not sure what that list is, it's a list of uh, black or African American, U.S. born women that have run sub three in the marathon. And the list was is and was very short. And as of like last year, it was like probably shy about five six people from where it is now so i mean i think that's i think like we came into 2022 with maybe like 21 or 22 people maybe um so i think we've added we we've added five six people you know four or five people on this list we we as a collective (laughs) we as a collective have done so much work to, to add to create this list um and the list was put together by oh my god ted well ted corbett and then his son Gary Corbett continued it, made a website so you can go to the go to the li- go to the website, check it out, see who's on the list and all that stuff, and rank and order and all that. And this year, did we, going into like Bayshore because is that's where you where you jumped onto the list, right? So I was already on oh, the okay. list for break when I broke three hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've been on the list three times now. Yes. All right, four times. Three, three, three. Three, okay, three times. I think so, right? So, so what, what time did you? What was your first time to, when you broke three? What, what was that number? Uh, two fifty-seven. Two fifty-seven, and then you went. What, what year? What year and race was that? Um, that was twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Okay, so you're already on the list, and then the second time was Bayshore. Yes. Bayshore. Uh, this year, March. Uh, May. May, and you ran two forty-two fifty-three. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how did that like how did that feel coming? Because that's earlier in the year. Um, how did that feel knowing all the stuff that you went through in 21 and made it through back running, back feeling healthy? And then you take a huge chunk out of uh, out of your, your maritime PR. How did that feel? Um, it felt really great to run 242. I mean, going into Bayshore because I was going through still like I was still dealing with like my mental health and like the anxieties of workouts and things like that. 
I wasn't exactly sure what I would be able to run at Bayshore. Um, and the goal just became one to finish um, and to like get a marathon under my belt. I hadn't run one in mm-hmm. two years. Yeah. Um, and that I could at, hopefully at least run 245. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially that's the pace I've been training for, for the previous three years, since that was yeah. the OTP pace. Um, yeah. and the race kind of just unfolded how it did. So when I crossed the finish line and it said 242, I was like stoked, a little shocked. Did um, you not, did you not look at your watch at all? <laughs> okay. So I don't actually remember past 20 miles. I actually don't think I really knew where I was going to, like what the time was going to be. Yeah. Um, and how I was going to finish. So 242 was a surprise to me seeing mm-hmm. it on the clock. And then when I stopped my watch and I knew that I'd moved to be fair, I did know that I'd moved to fifth by like seconds <laughs> when I crossed okay. the finish line. Um, oh, 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 like fifth on the list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we know about the list, but yes, during the race, we didn't know how fast we were moving. Right. right. Okay. Can we just use we instead of I? Cause I think if you say we more often, I'll feel better about me. Okay. Yeah. We didn't know. We didn't. How, uh, where I was going to like finish, but I knew that 242 and change mm-hmm. was like fit would be fifth on the list. Okay. So we were already, we we're already hunting the list. Okay. I got you. I see competitive. I like that. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, let's talk, I'm talking about this race though, because you, like, so you just didn't, you know, are you not a watch? Like you don't look at your watch much. I mean, I think back when we first talked to you were like, you had it at, you normally keep it at average pace. Mm-hmm. collective yep. um but like yeah. after 20 you just didn't look at it no i went into like i was Dark. the last six miles of bayshore were really painful okay so you just didn't um, even yeah i was kind of like let's finish. get my legs keep moving and like let's get to the finish line because i can't see it but i know it's yeah. around here somewhere somewhere um, within this next seven years we'll be there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what it felt like in new york is like <laughs> i think the i think the finish line somewhere i don't know <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going towards it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, so like, do you think, do you think like that watch, watch peakers, like I'm a watch, I, I look at it probably way too much. What's your advice for me? Well, I became a watch peaker at CIM. Okay, okay, okay. I was definitely looking at my watch. So yes, yeah, so don't give me any advice because you're worse than me. <laughs> we are in the same boat again. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're back. Um, and then so, so next marathon after, so you did uh, Bayshore, um, 242 and then what was after that that was free press no no you did the half of free press. um so the third marathon that i've done this year is actually glass city in april i did it as a training yes okay the first one was glass city as a training run you ran what 256 she just she's just amazing amazing. 256 242 um summer training went well you ran a bunch of shorter faster races Mm-hmm. Was that was that intentional? Were you working on speed? Um, talk to me. Yeah, it was very intentional. Um, because the OTQ pace is 557, that's a big leap in pace work for me. Um, so having we decided to do a speed segment of like 5k, 10k during the summer, just so I can get comfortable, as comfortable as you can get at faster paces to make that marathon pace feel easy. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about a 17 second difference i think in pace from bayshore to cim yeah um so that's a pretty big jump and i needed to be like confident that i could turn that into my marathon pace (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
it was it and because i know um as i've gotten further in my like running journey to um like i'm what, what am i like four years in now i guess um in the beginning it was like no i didn't race much i just was like training for the marathon mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. maybe like a tune-up race or something um but then the more like i talk to people the more like i see me you know know people like you i mean there's a lot of racing in there too like if there's mm -hmm. like a 5k or a 10k or whatever um is that is is that do you feel like that way of you know signing up for races along the journey and kind of planning them strategically to make sure they're not like messing up anything is that do you feel like that's a much better way than than just knocking out workouts by yourself on a track all day i do it makes it more fun mm -hmm. um and like gets me out in the running community and like being able to like see more people and yeah it breaks up the monotony of like running by myself even yeah. if it is a workout it's not like every race I was trying to knock it out of the park. Um, but yeah, it breaks up the training and like, like big glass city was a long steady state run. Um, so instead of doing that, you know, around here yeah. at Stony, just like jump into a race and don't this Stony thing again, <laughs> I'm stuck 20, on it. 26 miles at Stony sounds. Can you like... imagine? No, no, be like five laps. <laughs> That'd be like, or it's not like just short of five. <laughs> that'd be like that'd be like the thirteen hundred feet elevation game. Mm -hmm. Not, no, I'm good. No, thank you. <laughs> not at all. And so, yeah, and I think, and also too, like it puts you in that like that race mm -hmm. thing because mm -hmm. we all know it's like even if you're hyped up about a workout, you know, um, it's something different of like going to a race, like you know, sleeping in a hotel, yeah, or driving down or whatever, and waking up in the morning, getting your routine together like practicing, like feeling that like race, you know, start line feeling because yeah. um, that, that in itself can mess up a marathon or a half easily. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, yeah, not there is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, so, okay. So we're, we're the fun part because um, so last time there was a, the OTQ number was 245 yeah uh for for women to to olympic to get to the olympic trial qualifier mm -hmm. no to get to olympic trials so you yeah. had to run an otq time which would get you to the olympic trials um which is going to be in 2024. Yep. Um, when's the cutoff for that uh I mean, cim when? next year is the last race you can qualify so so like, so like very early december 2023. Mm -hmm. um so Everyone, when it happened, when, when they when they made the cut down from you know the two forty five to two thirty seven, um, it was very vocal. Like you know, the opinions were like, "This is crazy. It's it's that's too much of a jump." I mean, because that's a huge difference. That's a you know, math is not my strong point, but that's eight minutes. Yeah. That's an eight minute difference in a marathon, which is a very big ask. Um, even like Kira D'Amato, who qualified for the twenty twenty four by running just uh, not 2024 but the 2020 trials by running just under i think 245 um that's like the t the time she used to get in even she said that if it was 237 at the time when she ran that 243 or 242 whatever she did that she doesn't think that like that she would have kept going down this road because you know why i guess right at that because it would seem too far mm -hmm. um what were your thoughts though when like you know you were going after 245 for long enough and then next thing you know, it's 237. What was like, what was the, the first thoughts and what, how'd you move forward going after that? 
Yeah. So I, I was shocked to be honest. Um, I thought, wow, that's extremely fast. My thought was that it would be like 240. Yeah. Um, and I thought like that would be sort of a big enough jump. Um, so to see 237 was, it was shocking, but it was also like, okay, this is like the reality. Like, mm. you know, you can't be upset about it because there it's not going to change. Right. Um, so I, I was like, we have to just get to work. And, mm. you know, the window is shorter. So I had less time, but um, yeah, I sort of just had to like go all in and, and realize that that was, if I wanted to qualify, I had to run 236 xx <laughs> yeah i like that i mean because it's like you could yeah i mean you could uh you could still be mad about it if you want to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, up to that's your choice if you want to be mad about it. but i like that it's like hey like uh, shock wow that's crazy um do i still want to do this yes mm -hmm. no check the right mm -hmm. check whatever box and if it's yes get to work and you did um mm -hmm. and that's why this year's looked like a whirlwind of like progressively faster racing and let's just jump right into Sacramento. Right. Mm -hmm. So what were the feelings going into the, I've talked, talked to you a little bit before, not really about running because I think that's like the weirdest conversation to have. How are you feeling? Like I did ask you how you're feeling, <laughs> but like I tried not to get like too weird about it. Cause like, that's like the weirdest thing for people to ask. Like, how do you feel? Like, I don't, I mean, I guess I feel all right. You know? that's, literally that's how I answer is like, I guess I feel okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? Like, I feel, I mean, there are some people out here that will be like, I feel great. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's not me. I can't. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I feel as great as I can, I guess. <laughs> it's Tuesday. I feel fine. What do you want from me? You know? So, um, so like, as you get, you get to, to Sacramento, um, what are the vibes? What are you feeling? Um, race the night before what's, what's the go-to meal, all that. Um, so I got there Friday night. Um, which was like, ended up being pretty perfect. Like it was just enough time to have people over to our Airbnb, have them, like we had dinner, they go to bed and then do our shakeout run the next day. Um, the next day ended up, Saturday ended up being busy. Uh, Sydney had um, the bib reveal and we had to go to a daily athlete meeting, um, which was, I think in turn was nice. It wasn't just me sitting at the mm -hmm. Airbnb thinking about like what I need to do tomorrow and sort of like fixating on it and getting more nervous. Mm -hmm. um, so it was nice to like hang out with friends and go to the expo um, and things like that. The go-to meal the night before is chicken, rice, and that was it because I didn't have any salad. Okay. Um, but yeah, I go to bed early and I th our, the alarm went off at 3.30. Yep. Um, so pretty early. Morning. So mm -hmm. what time was, okay, 3.30 just threw me all the way off. What time was the was the race start? Seven a.m. And which you had a shuttle to 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 the start. Yeah, so CIM was the elite athlete coordinator was really great. Uh, she let me ride on the bus with Sydney up to Folsom. Um, okay. So we got picked up at four forty-five mm -hmm. from the hotel, and then bussed out to Folsom. Okay. Okay. And then, um, like, what were the nerves at like an all time high? Or did you happen to feel like really calm that morning because of the training you did? Like, what was that feeling like for you? I felt really calm. I'm a big music person. Um, uh -huh. so it's a lot of just like I just listen to my like, I have I create marathon playlists for uh -huh. every marathon cycle, so okay. I put that on. Um, and that's sort need, of okay. no, I need, I need, we need, <laughs> we, we need you to upload this to uh, this yeah. playlist. <laughs> 
Wait, is this a Spotify playlist? No, no. <laughs> it's, it's an Apple playlist, right? Yeah. Okay, Jesus. If I'm like, if you said Spotify, like, I don't know. Like, no shade. To, well, all shade to Spotify users. Um, <laughs> if you said Spotify, I was like, yo, we got we to gotta cut this short. We got to cut this episode short. Anyway. <laughs> and everybody, make sure you run, eat, sleep, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> I need you to upload this playlist, though, on uh-huh. on Apple. And I, okay, let's do this. Okay. Remember we did this wee thing earlier. We have to upload this playlist. Okay. Onto, onto Apple. So after you make the playlist, are you done with it now? Like, are you, next playlist will be different? Yes. So a new playlist will be curated for Boston 2023. Okay. So, um, I, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> I think, I think you should upload this, this, um, this playlist and call it like, you know, I don't know, Ari's OT, Ari's OTQ uh, playlist, mm-hmm. right? And you post it or you make it available public. You post it on your Instagram. I'll screenshot it, post it on my Instagram. Right. And then we'll like see how like much people will, will like your playlist. I think we should do this. I'm down. I'm down. All right. I mean, I'm like, and I don't know if you know me, like I move quickly. Like, so I'll be like texting you after this. As this, soon as the this. show ends, I imagine you're going to text me and be like, yo. <laughs> yeah, like how long is it gonna take? Make it public. Yeah. Make it public. You know? yeah. I because I think that like people, I mean, people would love to like be to uh, you know, like you. This is what you trained with, you know, leading up to yeah. the like it every every workout I listen to this playlist, and then before every race. Come on, what can, <laughs> what, else, what else can you ask for as like as a runner and as somebody who wants to go? You know, I'm I'm gonna be listening to that for like my Boston build up for next year. <laughs> I I can see it now, you know. I can right, see right. it now. So we're gonna do this. We're gonna. I'll, I'm gonna share it. You're gonna share it, and we're just gonna okay. see like how much people like you know want to tap into the Ari vibes. All right, I'm about it. All right, All right. I support cool. it. <laughs> we're good. We, we are we are in this together. Okay. Um. And so so you listen to you listen to your playlist that is soon to be public. Um. And you uh, you get there uh, warmed up. Shake, you know, did your did a little warm up run, stretched and all that stuff. No warm up run. Yeah, are you a warm up runner? Not for a marathon. No, I mean, I mean, like, not like a five k, but like, do you do like a little? I do a, a. I sat in my chair and stretched. So you, meanwhile, like people are running back and forth and jumping up and down. You're just like stretch, make sure you feel good and go. Yep, that's okay. me. All right, mm-hmm. that's you. All right, well, playlist, um, <laughs> stretch, chill. Mm-hmm. And then you take off. Um, wh- how how did it how did the day feel? Like, did, was it like amazing all the way th- you know through, or did you have like sp- spots that were surprisingly difficult or whatever? How did that play out for you? Um. So the pace plan was five fifty five, and mm-hmm. you know, historic. I know that the first mile of CIM is downhill, so I anticipated that was going to be a little bit of a fast mile. Um, through like two and a half there, there's a very large OTQ group, which going into this race initially made me extremely nervous. Um, cause this may come as a surprise, but I don't like running with large groups of people. No. Okay. Get, what? I said, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, like it just makes me nervous, like big crowds, especially like in a race or like in mostly in a race setting. Um, but they were like, it was it's like 50 women all running with this like one pacer but mm-hmm. through two and a half the pace was like 551 
And so I was like, that's a little, that's too fast for this early. Like that's almost 232 pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to like back off of that. And then the shout out to the Hanson Brooks women's team. Um, they came up on me and we were, I was like, man, he's going a little fast. And Megan from the team was like, just like run with us. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. Um, so I would actually run most two most of the race with them i'd say until like 22 where then we all started to sort of like break apart and some people went and and that sort of thing um but yeah it was like a lock in 555 pace um and for the the, like the duration of the race yeah i did have moments of not feeling great i would say by mile nine the rolling hills my legs were sore yeah, I started to get worried because it's really early to have my legs feel sore yeah. and like they're working too hard. Um, so I certainly had moments in the race where I didn't know if I could sustain this. Like at the halfway point, I was like, I don't know if I can do this again. <laughs> right? right. Like, ask my body to run this pace for a second time. Um, but I just sort of, yeah, put my head down and clicked off the miles and it worked out. You- what did you tell, I mean, what did you like tell yourself to like, I mean, cause I think we've all had that, whether it's like mile 20 or mile three or nine or half that we're like, yo, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I could do this for much longer at all. Like, what did you tell yourself to get through that moment? I mean, I know you said you put your head down, but what was like the internal like conversation? Just to keep going for as, if I just do it for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my like talk, especially during CIM was about like my family. And I know that I knew that they were watching sort of like through the app. Right. So every time that I hit a mat, I knew that it was like my twin sister in LA oh, was like yeah. getting a notification um, that where I was and how it was going. We run a lot with our dogs. And so like, you know, the dogs were watching. <laughs> what? You knew, you're like, the dogs are watching. Not the dogs are watching, but like I imagined, like Ranger, our little one, he can he can run like six to eight miles. So it's like at the six mile mark. Okay, that was like running with Ranger. Um, When there's four miles left in the marathon, it's like our afternoon four mile loop that we do with the dogs. Um, So it's a lot of like that bringing in the people and my family and friends that have been with me on this journey that help me and carry me through during the race. And it's like it's nice to like think of other people. Um, and sort of like do it for them and like know that they're watching and supporting. Oh, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm over here, like, don't be emotional. Like, <laughs> so great. I mean, cause like it's, it's, uh, it, it is really cool. I mean, cause there's all, there's people that will say, like, you know, neck, run to the, run, run this mile, run to that sign, run to that. And like, I often do like think about like who's, who's watching, not mm-hmm. in like a negative way, like, Oh, I can't, you know, um, everyone's watching because no one really cares. Like, you know, no one cares if you, you know, um, no one's going to love you less, you know, if you don't run well, you know, especially the people who care, who you really care about. But I love like thinking about, um, you know, you've got like cross that timing mat and it's Mm -hmm. like someone like my mom or my kid Mm -hmm. or someone's like, cool, he's doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're waiting patiently, like he should be crossing that point, yes. something that 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 mile marker. Mm-hmm. Where is he at? And then like <laughs> they cross it, and it's it's uh it's like just kind of gratifying knowing that like 
you're kind of letting them know you're okay through the process. Um, yeah. I think that's dope that you think that too. <laughs> I stole that too, but. Who'd you steal that from? Sydney. Jeez. <laughs> I feel like I should have Sydney on the show. I was, I'm waiting for the invite to her. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, jump on in. Um, I'd be like right there, like, yeah, I mean, um, and so like, as you, so, you know, mile 20 at, at, um, at Bay shore, mm-hmm. you were in like the hurt locker. Um, mm-hmm. you had six more miles to go and you just kind of like blacked out and just do your thing. What was like mile? what was this, that section of this race like for you? And was that any different? Yeah, it was definitely different. And since Bayshore, I've, I've always, like, I've thought of that. Like, I want to get to 20 feeling much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got to 20, like, naturally, my legs started to hurt. And I knew that I had, I was slowing down. But I lapped my watch um, just so that I could see the, like, the time of the last 10K. Because that's, that's mm-hmm. supposed to be the fastest part of CIM. Um, and... I, I slowed down, but it was just like, just keep going. Um, mm-hmm. Not so that I wasn't like, it was not nearly as bad as Bayshore. And that's a testament to my training and getting the longer runs in and the long workouts in. Um, I was in a much better place. Um, and yeah, just sort of like, it's a long road. It's like one road that you're running on. So I could see for a, a while where the turn was to the finish line, which was helpful because I knew that I was getting closer. Um, and so, yeah, it was much better feeling, not obviously great, but um, I was definitely more prepared for that and felt better about it. And and you knew, like, in, you knew this time, I mean, did you have more of a sense of, like, the timing? Um, mm-hmm. And you said you were a watch looker this time, watch peeker. Mm-hmm. So, like, you knew where you were headed and you knew that you were on target still? Yes. So I knew that I was on target as, cause I was, I kept looking at the average pace and I knew that for the first 20, I'd averaged 555, which is yeah. 235 pace. And so as long as I stayed there or like around there, I would be fine. Cause I also knew that I was going to run over 26.2. Um, I had figured that out early on in the race that I had not run the tangents correctly. So I was going to be a little bit over, mm-hmm. um, but still even that I would be okay. As long as I stayed, as long as I stayed under six, flat or like at six um that i should be okay yeah i mean and you really like every split like i'm watching because i was like definitely watching you um (laughs) um every split it was like it almost was saying like the exact same number so you were you were very like you're a machine like and everything every split seemed like it was exactly the same pace you know and i think there was like a couple like 557 or 558 or something like that maybe um, but it was like the next one would be right on point. And it felt like, I'm like, oh, she's like, you were just out there just clicking off miles. And it was just, what did that like help to have like that group of people running, running with you that everyone was just, were you guys talking or was it just straight running or was it, what was it like? I mean, yeah, it definitely helped. And like, shout out to them again. Like they were awesome to run with. There wasn't a ton of talking. Um, I mean, as in like, we didn't really talk, um, which is like, fine. Like we all know each other. We're all aware of like who we, who each other is. Um, and they were really great. They were super friendly. Uh, Megan telling me to like, just like join them was really awesome. Um, and it was great to see her OTQ and, and Stephanie OTQ and I'm really stoked for them. Um, so yeah, it was just like, yeah, we just sort of clicked off the miles and, um, 
and yeah, and it was great. <laughs> and then, and so like, so you make it, so you make it down this long road um, to the turn mm -hmm. and you see like the finish line mm -hmm. and you see the time like up ahead ticking off and you can see like the chew as long as, <laughs> as long as you don't fall like off the face yeah. like, right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which would be like a runner's worst nightmare to like fall off a cliff at the end of the thing. <laughs> yeah. um, to let you know. Um, mm -hmm. So unless you did that, like you were gonna hit this time. Um, what were the thoughts, the feelings, when you saw that clock, knowing that you were going to OTQ for sure? It was because I could see. I saw two thirty-five something from pretty far away, and initially I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" Like I'm at, like I'm gonna do it. <clears throat> like this is actually happening. And then I could hear Sydney um, because she had, she ran 231 and she was still wait. She was waiting for me at the finish line and I could hear her screaming from like where I had turned to see the clock. And it was a lot of me just like pointing at her and like this like disbelief of like, it's, it's been a dream of mine for three years and for I think I turned to her in the car and I was like, I don't think I ever imagined I'd be a 235 marathoner. Like if someone had told me when I initially started running, I would be like, mm, I don't know about that. But um, yeah, it was a lot of emotion. I, I'm surprised I didn't cry, but it was a lot of emotion and like, just like so excited. And she was the first person that I hugged when I crossed and like all of the other women around OTQing and like fulfilling this dream of theirs was amazing. And watching women like sprint in to get seconds under the OTQ time was yeah. like incredible to see. And it's something like I often now in the week that it's since it's happened, think about of like, I cannot believe that that feeling is still like, like gives me like butterflies when I think about like seeing the clock. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and I, in like watching it from like Instagram land, um, there's <laughs> a lot of, really cool like moments and pictures and videos of like, I mean, cause this is a big deal. Like, I mean, this is, um, it, it, there were so many people that come to that race in particular to get the, to get an OTQ. And so at the end of the race, it was just like, you know, for the guys time that was, it was, what was their time needed? Like two seventeen or two fifteen? Two eighteen. Um, so like at the, around their time, like, you know, people hung around waiting until like the, so people across that were going to like get under the time. And then like the, the videos I saw were mo mostly of the ladies who were like, just, you know, and when Sydney crossed, it was just a couple or a few people. And then it was just kind of like this bigger crowd, just gathering of all the women that have OTQ'd, um, mm -hmm. just watching the clock countdown and cheering people on to come in. Um, like you said, that there's this one really great video of this, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but. Uh, she ran like probably I think it was like two thirty six fifty eight or fifty nine, yeah. like and like she you she, you could tell like she gave she had nothing left when mm -hmm. she crossed like there was nothing else left but her mm -hmm. legs were still moving mm -hmm. um, and she crossed that finish line right at that last second and it was just like so beautiful to see the community you know yeah. um, because that's like that's what this thing is supposed to all to to be about mm -hmm. um, and so. With that being said, I just want to say congratulations officially on Thank running you. an amazing time um, and getting your OTQ after years <laughs> of working for it and ups and downs and all that stuff. And if you if you'll still run with like you know little folks like me, oh my gosh, you know yeah, I will. Yeah, I, I, so, I so appreciate it. You know, <laughs> you grace us with your presence once more. 
I will always run with you. <laughs> okay, all right. That's good to know. And then um, question though, too, on this side, because like, you know, you were very aware of like where you fell on the list in uh, Bay Shore. Mm-hmm. Crosses the finish line, do you have the same thought like about this list? Or was it just too, so much going on with the OTQ part that you kind of waited to think about the list until later? Oh, no. I was very aware. Very aware. So, <laughs> so you knew immediately you were number two on the list now. Yes, because I knew that, like, I'd been training, 555 was 235, mm-hmm. and I knew that that would put me second on the list, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, I was, I was like, that was one of the things I was m- most excited about also when I crossed, was like, that I'm now second on the list. Have you, have you met Samia yet? I so, have so, not. So, no. Samia Akbar is uh, the person who is number one on this list. Yes. Of, like, she got 232. 234. 234, I'm sorry. 234 and some change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's been on the list. What, I think, what year was that she did that? So it I was think like, I read something that's, she's been number one since for 16 years. Yeah, so it's 2007. Like at so. New York, I think. Yeah, in New York, she finished ninth place um, in, in women's. Um, so she's, that would be so cool for you guys to like, to meet each other. That'd be really awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be stoked. <laughs> I, think that, I think that we should try to see if we can make that happen along with this playlist that you're going to make. Yes. I think the playlist would actually help. So like you do the playlist, we, you know, I'll be like, Hey, check out this playlist. You know, then we'll, we got it. We'll, 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 we'll tag team it. Right. Um, and so with that being said, it's like number three, number two on the list. Um, and the list is maybe what 27 or 28 now or 20 27 women you've been on it multiple times other people i think have been on it multiple different times um how does it feel though like when you kind of remember that group of people that group of women that were at the at the finish line um what are your thoughts on like diversity in that level of running still and like what would you like to see you know in the, in a couple in the years to come in that regard I mean, I think there's always room for, for growth. And I think the list is like a, an amazing thing. And I think more people are learning about it and are like excited about it. I know that when I tell people about the list and like where I am on the list, they're like, they think it's amazing. They're like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. Um, and so I think, and, you know, African-American women, we're growing in the sport and I think we're doing great things. Erica Stanley I'm a huge fan of Erica Stanley. I love all the things that she's doing. Um, Shawana White, Sika Henry, um, all of, like I, I saw Erica run Berlin and then I've met Shawana and I've met Sika and they're all amazing women. And I think they're doing great things for our sport and getting the word out and um, being amazing. So I think in the next few years, we'll see it grow even more. Um, and I couldn't be more excited and, and want to be like someone that does that. Yeah, I think um, I, I know for sure that like the, the people you mentioned, especially like Erica and then and you um, have within the community that, that, you know, that I touch or know, um, you all have such an uh, such a great impact on uh, women that look like us to say, like, not only like it because at one level, it's like, wow, that's really dope. That's amazing. Um, so happy for you. But then there's this other level layer where it's like people who have been you know training and like have goals of like 320 and 330 or 315 or whatever that like it's far it's far away um Mm -hmm. but they know that you know like it's like well okay well i can maybe even see myself i can see myself there now not just not 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 just like i see myself running and doing cool stuff 
but mm-hmm. like like wow like i can i can break three and i can do mm-hmm. tq and mm-hmm. all those other things so um you guys are like or ladies are really blazing this trail and um i know you look up to some of the other women that are on the list but um the way that you've you know gone after it like aggressively to like better yourself and and chase bigger things and you know and lower numbers um I think is super commendable and very, very inspiring to everyone. Not Thank just you. women. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks. I'm, right. I mean, and it, it's a, it's true though. Like my first marathon was three fifty seven. Yeah. Um. So certainly, n- no one should think that they can't do something. Yeah, I mean, because there's so many people that's like their first marathon just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. That is like, oh well, they're they're meant to do this, and right. I'm not. You know. Mm-hmm. And even like if you look just back. A, a few years ago, it's not even your first marathon. Like, there's a big gap, you know, from you know, from this two thirty-five to maybe what it was in two thousand eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. You know, like, um, because I mean, I know two thousand eighteen was the two was the two fifty-eight, two fifty-seven. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's a. I mean, people like just if you're not a runner, you don't really know. But two fifty-seven to two thirty-five is is like huge. Like that 20, 20 minutes. Yeah. is is like the hardest thing to do like to drop almost a minute on you know, on a mile which is ridiculous <laughs> in 26.2 miles but yeah so uh thank you so much for for being on the show um thank and, and was that thanks for having me oh of course i mean <laughs> I to, like as soon as it happened i'm like gotta get it back on the show um, <laughs> you text like i was in the airport when you texted me coming home <laughs> I, I told you i don't i don't play around <laughs> like the the thing is, I'm way too like sporadic and random. If I don't text you now, I may forget, and then I'll text <laughs> you. Then I'll like hear you on someone else's show, and I'm like, damn it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but honestly, like I I really wanted to have you on the show to number to highlight you as a person and as a runner. Um, just to you know, you are like you running that time. Like I was like on cloud nine, still am about it. Like I was talking about you today. And I talk about you every time I feel like someone possibly knows you um, because I'm just so proud to like to know you, to know what you've gone through to get to where you are. And it just speaks to like the, the like the determination and like diligence that it takes to just get better. And, and I think everyone can can benefit from hearing that, whether it's in life or, or another sport. It just you're gonna not it's not gonna be linear. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a lot of ups and downs, more downs and ups sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but just sticking to it and and learning from the mistakes and learning from like the injuries and pain, you you're here and you've had like a really great year and you and you couldn't have <laughs> finished it any better. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. And I have to, I have to say, Tommy, I appreciate so much what you do for the running community. You're like you're literally one of my favorite people. Um, and I don't think I tell you that often enough. Um, and I definitely want to like spend more time with you and like run and do that kind of stuff. Cause we live so close, but like what you do is amazing. Like we were talking about you before I came upstairs to, um, to do this and how like we met in 2020, you were the, one of the first people I met when I moved here. Um, and you've been in like an incredible person, not only to me, but like, I do want to thank you for like all the things we've like talked about and like you've done for me and how like you're so supportive and like, it truly means a lot. So. <laughs> well thank you um, yeah yeah so yeah i don't know how to, i'm not a good i don't receive compliments well 
Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on the show. Get off this, get off the air right now before I, you know, anyway. So yes, cool. We're good. We're friends. We're awesome. Thank you so much. For, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I have to pick your brain after this because, you know, I, I got some goals for Boston, you know, and I want to go crazy too. Um, yeah. and you know, but honestly, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I know that there's faster and bigger and better crazy things to come because that's just how you're built and how you're how you uh, just go after stuff. So keep inspiring, keep uh, keep up with the coaching, and thank you so much for being on the show. And if you're still listening to this, please make, <laughs> please make sure you run, eat, sleep, repeat. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you. <laughs> Man, Ari is absolutely one of my favorite people. Um, and I so appreciated this conversation. Uh, some of the things she talked about uh, during her downtime, I just assumed that it was a tough time, but I didn't realize how tough it was. So I'm so glad that she was able to share that with us because like I said in the beginning of this, it's so important to share uh, all the moments, good, bad, and the ugly um, as a part of healing ourselves, but then also in sharing things you reach out and you can actually help other people without even knowing it or that not even being the intention of you uh, originally sharing so thanks so much Ari, for being on the show thank you so much for being vulnerable congratulations on an amazing year um tons of racing tons of great times cannot wait to see what's next for you you deserve all of this and more and i am forever a cheerleader and a, and a teammate and a friend and all that stuff whatever you'll have me be i'm that for you Thank you so much, Ari. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you run, eat, sleep, and repeat.